Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, everyone. My name is Candace Dyer, and I am with BOCW's Canna Corner. We are broadcasted live from Coffee Party Radio USA and uh, the Human Solution International's uh, Cannabis Open Curry Walks and several other pages as well. Um, we are sponsored to you by I Take Liberty With My Coffee, the Human Solution International, Coffee Party Radio USA, and Cannabis Open Carry Walks. Trying to get in here. Cool, cool. So the, we've got an awesome show today, but before we go ahead and start, I'm going to um, do some announcements real quick. Um, we've got an awesome weekend coming up. The Seeds for Change Homeless um, Educational Event is coming up on the 7th. Um, a lot of the COCW crew, myself, Jay, um, I believe Sean and Jeremy are going to be able to make this one. Mandy, Loretta, just the whole crew will be in Austin at the Texas Music Ranch on the 7th from 2 o'clock, uh, still pending on closing time, but 2 p.m. Um, and if you go to the Cannabis Open Carry Walks page and go to events, you can find the event there as well as um, there is a Seeds for Change uh, event bright set up um, for tickets for the upcoming, not this, this event's free, but the upcoming event on uh, the Cray 420 event. Um, that one will be 18th and the 19th um, of April. So it's not quite 420, but it's the weekend of, and that that's going to be a huge event, y'all. Y'all don't want to miss that. If um, you know anything about the Texas Music Ranch, it's a whole um, lot of acres with like three stages and, and it's going to be an overnight camping event. Um, it's going to be a lot of fun. So if you get a chance to, and you're in the Austin area this weekend, come see us on the 7th from two to around nine ish. And um, also the voodoo um, grawl will be coming up March 13th and 14th. Again, y'all, this is a, um, a sleepover event, um, the Voodoo Grawl, the 420 event, and uh, the Walk for Change uh, rally. Um, that one is going to be June 10th and 11th. All these are at the Texas Music Ranch. We wanted to give Texas Music Ranch and Decorey and his crew a big shout-out for um, sponsoring with us so that we could make the, the Walk for Change as they come through those um, the people who are going to be walking lives much easier and happier. Um, I'm not going to be able to follow y'all's comments today. Something's going on my phone and I'm not able to see y'all. So I'm going to go ahead and put that aside. Um, if y'all want to know more information on uh, the Seeds for Change event, 
Um, like I said, you can find um, more about it on Cannabis Open Carry Walks. And hopefully Mandy or somebody will stick all the links to all the events in the comments below as well. Okay, so we've got those few events. Let me make sure I ain't got nothing else. Oh, yeah. Um, the Walk for Change, y'all, um, I was just talking about the rally coming through on the 10th and 11th. When they come through, we're going to try to make sure we've got them a place to sleep, um, get some new shoes on their feet, feed them, and they will be coming around um, starting in June 20th, 2020, and it'll be ending in Washington, D.C. at the White House um, in October-ish. So if y'all want to know more about the Walk for Change, go to the walknumberforchange.us and you can find out more on that walk as well. Cool deal, y'all. So today we have Marley Finch Ledbetter. She's a musician, activist, educator. Um, and we have got a pretty good show with her coming up. Um, I'm going to go ahead and get her on here. There she is. Hi. Hey, Marlies, how you doing? Good, how are you? No, doing great. Um, I know that you had a big weekend this weekend. I wanted, um, do you want to just tell everybody about the barbecue and how it went? Oh, yeah. So I'm a professional singer, and I was um, jumping in with a country band called Willow Creek Junction, and uh, we did the cook-off uh, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, so I'm completely exhausted. Oh, wow. Um, but it was so much fun. I haven't sang country music in a really long time, and, uh, you know, being in Texas, you know, went in Rome, went in Texas. Right. So it was really fun, and the guys are really talented, and I hope to be doing some more gigs with them, too. Wow, that's awesome. I'm so glad you had a good weekend. Um, I'm glad that everything went well. Um, you just mentioned that you're uh, an artist. Do you want to tell um, people more about what it is, what kind of music you do sing, and where they might be able to find some of your stuff? Sure. Um, I have actually taken a break for quite a while. Um, I have a lot of physical issues, uh, which is kind of where I got into cannabis in the first place. Um, I will probably be singing in local areas around North Houston, uh, Montgomery, Magnolia areas. Uh, I sing all kinds of styles. Um, I'm classically trained, but I do country, R&B, uh, rock, pop, um, all sorts of styles. And uh, I don't have anything online, I don't think, recently. I'm on iTunes somewhere, but it's, it's much older. So hopefully we'll have some new recordings coming up in the next year. Awesome. I'd, lo I'd love to get with you after the show about this. I mean, I know you do, um, you're in the Houston area, right? Yes. Uh, we have a lot of events, especially the one coming up for the Walk for Change uh, in Texas. So I would love to get with you on that. We're going to be doing it at the Texas Music Ranch. Maybe we can oh yeah. get y'all out there and um, for a great cause. But the reason I got you here today, um, I told you a little bit about what this show is about. I wanted people to know, um, get to know the faces of cannabis, um, to break the stigma so people could learn that the people who use um, cannabis for medicine or re recreationally, whatever they choose, um, they're, they're people. They're They've got issues, you know, they got jobs, they got, um, they're just like everybody else, um, doctors, lawyers, they're just not that stoner sitting on the couch doing nothing, which is the stigma we're trying to break. Um, yeah. But I wanted to ask you, um, what is it that got you started? I know you've got a hell of a story in K 
cannabis activism, first of all? Um, I think really it came back to high school. I did a paper on the prohibition and realized what a load of crap it was, um, that we were really lied to about what it was about, um, how it was actually not about marijuana. Initially, it was about the hemp plant. And it fascinated me and really uh, drove my curiosity through my early 20s. And legalization had just started in California. And I had so many friends going to college in California. And so that really piqued my interest to learn more about cannabis, uh, why it had not been utilized for medical purposes for so long, um, and, and where that stigma was really coming from. Because it didn't make sense to me for something that is so low in, um, in a possibility of addiction. It has no uh, um, lethal effect. It is, you know, it, it is a plant that really is for everyone. And I think that there's a huge misnomer around what it's used for, how it's used, who it's used by. And I really felt that standing up as a public figure for the cannabis plant, both hemp and marijuana, was really important because, like you said, breaking that stigma of what cannabis really looks like, I think that people don't think well, I didn't ever think that Marlies was a cannabis advocate. Like, she doesn't look like someone who advocates for cannabis. And I thought that's just so silly because it looks like all of us. Right. And, uh, and it's an industry that is, that is beautiful and growing and it's changing lives and saving lives. It saved my life. And so I really want to stand on any stage I could possibly be on because I'm very comfortable on stage. Speak about it and educate people because I've done a lot of education myself. Uh, with doctors and seminars and certifications so that people can come to me and really understand the full the full force of cannabis as a whole as the industry, advocacy, and environmental. Oh, wow. Right, right. Definitely. Well, I, I thank you and applaud you for getting out there and stepping up and coming out um, of the closet, so to speak. There's a lot of people who are still in the closet because they're scared to even say they smoke or have smoked or anything just because of that stigma and people will think they're, you know, a bad person. And it, it's not, you're not a bad person just because you choose to medicate uh, a natural, healthier way than prescription pills. I know that you said you have um, health issues. I wanted to kind of get you to touch base um, with our viewers on what exactly um, you are going through and what started you down this medication journey. Sure. So it really started when I was born. Um, my father was uh, in Vietnam, and he uh, was exposed directly to Agent Orange. He actually dropped it from his helicopter. So it had full exposure, and that led to some sterilization issues, some miscarriage issues with my parents being able to have babies. So I was the first viable child, um, but when I was born, my right leg wasn't as long as my left leg, and they... Um, didn't really make the connection to the Agent Orange issue until right. much later, but that's really where it started. Um, so on top of Agent Orange exposure, not just having different sized limbs, but it can create scoliosis, bifida, mental issues like um, chronic depression, bipolar disorder, ADHD, um, issues keeping a job, keeping relationships. Um, just there's like 25, 30 different ailments that come from exposure from Agent Orange. And when it gives, when you get a direct exposure, it gets passed down. And so it was in my DNA, and then my daughter might possibly have some issues. We haven't seen any yet. Um, but I got the brunt of it, and my right leg wasn't growing properly when I was, when I was a girl. Um, I developed scoliosis because of that. And then I also, in my late teens, started developing numbness in my limbs. 
um, call, and, it, and it ended up being peripheral neuropathy. And that numbness kept growing and growing and creeping up my legs. And um, at one point, I couldn't feel my hands anymore. And I'm a pianist um, as well oh, as wow. a vocalist. But I noticed that I was losing strength in my vocal cords. I was losing strength in my hands. I couldn't even feel my hands to play piano. Start creeping up my arms into my shoulders. Even my neck started feeling numb and burning. My feet, at one point, I had to stop wearing heels because it was burning like oh, wow. a blowtorch was on them at all times. And then um, on the other side, the mental side, you know, I was diagnosed bipolar when I was in seventh grade. I was medicated um, until I was in my 30s for depression, ADHD, um, bipolar disorder. And, and I really feel that um, the two suicide attempts that I did have, um, and I, I just want to put that out there, like I am a suicide survivor. I truly do believe that I don't think naturally I would have attempted it had I not been on medication. Right. I really think that it changed the way that I thought of things um, because naturally I'm a pretty fun-loving person. I'm, I, I sometimes will keep to myself. Uh, overall, that, that's just not my nature. I love life. I love living it to the fullest. I'm almost, you know, sometimes manic about how much I love life. Um, so it's really odd for me to go that direction. My personality started changing. Right. Um, the things that I wanted in life started changing. Um, and I wasn't myself anymore. And both physically and mentally, I was completely depressed. Uh, and, I, and I couldn't find anything to help me. Gabapentin and the pain pills and all of the um, mental, you know, antipsychotics and things like that were just breaking my body down. And, um, and it got worse in my 20s uh, and, and progressed to I started having seizures. Oh, wow. I started losing time, um, kind of like a blackout where I wouldn't remember things at work. I wouldn't remember going out with friends. Of course, I was partaking in cocktails, so I was mixing alcohol and meds, and that was very, very dangerous. Right. And I look back and think, I don't know how I was alive some of those times. Um, but when I started having seizures, um, it progressed to a grand mal. I had a tonic-clonic. Oh, wow. um, I lost consciousness. I smashed my head on the bathtub and had to go through basically like light brain surgery. Um, so kind of lost an entire year. Oh, wow. I couldn't remember anything. I had to go through therapy. I had to learn how to almost walk again. My right leg I was having trouble with. I couldn't use my hands again. Um, I couldn't remember words. Short-term memory was gone. I couldn't make a complete sentence. And we had already been cannabis um, activists. I mean, we already were for the plant. Uh, we both lived in states where it was legal, so it was easy to use. But when we came back to Texas, it wasn't available anymore. And I wasn't comfortable utilizing products that I didn't know where they came from, Right. Uh, the source of it. You know, a lot of people are still comfortable utilizing dealers and things like that. But if I don't know the actual dispensary and pharma comes from, I'm not going to use it. Right. And so we had a lot of trouble with that until my husband heard a podcast talking about CBD and that it was going into legalization, that the hemp plant was going to be part of the 2014 farm bill. And so we immediately purchased as much as we could afford. And my husband was like, you're going to start taking this. This is the answer. I know it is. If you can use cannabis and not get high, that would be the perfect answer for you because, you know, I have to work. I right. supported my family at that time. And sure enough, within six months, almost all of my major symptoms were gone. Wow. Completely gone. I felt like myself again. Um, now, of course, it took about a year and a half for the neuropathy to completely go away. Right. I really start feeling all of my body parts again, um, to 
you know, the, my vocal cords were getting healthier again. My skin was getting better. I had eczema issues. Um, my hair was falling out at one point. And just, it was, it was like a rapid change. Right. A year and a half, I was like this totally different person again, almost like the person I was before the medication, before they started me on the, the Ritalin and the, I, I can't even remember what depression medication I was on and middle school. Right. And I, I look back going, like, I would never give my, my 11 and a half year old those medications. Right. Like, it blows my mind. And, and that was part of our culture, right? I mean, my parents didn't know. My, my um, you know, friends and family members all used those medications, too. I mean, that was what was available. Um, and, and did it maybe make me feel better for a little bit? Yeah. But I wasn't myself. Um, so, so CBD oil became the answer. And uh, and I couldn't stop telling people about it. I was right. like, you guys, do you realize what all this does? And so many people were like, I don't know, that's marijuana, that's cannabis, that's hemp, I don't know about that. Um, but once I started really diving in and going to seminars and learning from cannabis doctors and, and starting education, I mean, I've read maybe 70-something books on cannabis. I've studied terpenes, I've studied cannabinoids, oh, wow. cannabinoid system, like everything I could get a hold of. I dove into because I felt like if I'm going to tell people about CBD oil or anything cannabis, I have to convince them that not only do I have a great story and a testimony, but also that I'm educated and I can help uncover where their real truth of why they're afraid of it. Is exactly. Like what is the root of this? Uh, and, and, and that helped because people trusted me as a, as an advisor and, uh, and then sure enough, it, it started becoming a job for me, a side hustle, right? Right. Um, and that side hustle became bigger and bigger. I was leading national teams. Um, and, and here I am, you know, running my own educational consultancy firm. I, um, you know, people reach out to me. I do medical integrations for doctor offices so that they can understand how to utilize cannabis, how to um, refer them to cannabis That's doctors. That's awesome within Texas and outside of Texas. I, I work with people all over the country that maybe are just stepping into recreational uh, use or they're just stepping into medical marijuana use, and they don't know what to get, and they're not comfortable with maybe the bud tenders or whoever is, is right. helping them at these stores. It's kind of scary. Like when you first get into it, there's all this bud everywhere. What do I use? And so they, they thought, you know, Marlise can guide me because she knows so much about the flower right. and the different strains and terpene levels. And so I will literally tell them, these are the levels you should look for, and these are the cannabinoids you should look for, and here's a flower vaporizer you can use so you don't, you know, right. burn your throat, or here's a type of bong you can use, or, or here's a CBD oil that's not going to get you high at all um, that can still give you all of the benefits of what a marijuana plant can do. And, and that's about 95% of people don't necessarily need to go the marijuana route. Um, there's very specific ailments that, that need to be treated with THC, with THCA, with THCP now that we've found out. Right. Um, there are cannabinoids that are very strong for anti-anxiety in very small doses, CBG. Um, and so teaching people about that and helping them understand created a career. And, and I never thought in a million years that I'd be doing this, but it's awesome. I love every moment of it, and every single day I get to change someone's life. Oh, that that is awesome. I know some of the, the one of the main things that I like so much about um, uh, being in this community is the stories and the people that you touch. You know what I mean? And the people that, that they didn't understand that this might be able to help them. And then once started getting help and and it changed their lives, they were able to get off the pain pills and the 
all the drugs that are so bad for us. Um, that that is my favorite part is just the stories to hear everybody's stories. And you've got a great one, um, uh, man. It's amazing. Um, I'm so uh, proud of everything that you're accomplishing. Especially, um, you're saying you're 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 reaching out to these doctors because that that we need that. We need. They don't understand. They haven't been taught enough about it. What they do know is all lies and propaganda. Half, you know what I mean? And um, they definitely they know that the endocannabinoid system exists. Exactly. And it was discovered in '94 in Israel, and it just blows my mind that this system is the most superior system in our human body. It is what regulates all of the chemical production, our balancing act, how we heal ourselves. Like our human is actually quite extraordinary. Right. And we don't need to be pushing pills in our body for most things. Um, plants and healthy lifestyles and a, and a more pro, predominantly alkaline diet, um, all of these things we can do to keep ourselves healthy, but there's too much of the, um, the lifestyle that people just want to take a pill and fix it. Right. And it is so much more than that, getting outside, getting vitamin D from the sun, like getting exercise, even if it's walking around a mall or something. Um, and so I try to teach that as well and help them understand what the endocannabinoid system really does because it's not necessarily these cannabinoids that are healing us, they're right. activating our body and making us able to produce the chemicals. So let's say you, you have too much adrenaline and you have lots of anxiety. There are chemicals our body produces to push that back down to right. create a calming effect. Um, and serotonin and dopamine and all of these things, melatonin to help us sleep, those are all regulated by the endocannabinoid system. So when we give ourselves planted cannabinoids, our body is able to be activated and functioning properly. Because so many diseases are actually tied to the lack of the endocannabinoid system being able to function properly. And we found that some, from some of the most misdiagnosed diseases, like fibromyalgia has just been so predominant lately. And a lot of people are doing research finding out that the reason there's so many different symptoms is because it's our, literally our body is completely off balance. Our right. system isn't working properly. And when people find out how CBD works and then, and then they see the testimonies of these people that have had life-changing results, gone from being on disability to going back to work and driving a car again and going on vacations. And, and it's like, how did that happen in a year? These right. Been struggling for 8, 10, 20 years. And boom, CBD activated their system. Right. And now their body's healing itself. And it's like, get that through your head. We have something that is going to change the world, not only for medicine, but for the environment. Definitely. And that is another thing that I'm very, very passionate about is how hemp is going to change the face of not only America, but Texas especially, because of our ability to not only do great agricultural work, we're, we're a farming state, um, but we are very strong in, in um, engineering and uh, industrial manufacturing. I mean, I could see Texas being a front runner over California and Tennessee and all these other states to produce hemp in the way that it Definitely. should be used for textiles and building products and biofuels and uh, car parts and plastic. I mean, it could be the answer to our single-use plastic problem. Make water bottles out of hemp, make plastic straws out of hemp, make our grocery bags out of hemp, and that'll reduce our pollution rate astronomically. Exactly. Exactly. For 90 days. I mean, that's just like, how do people not know this? I want to scream it from the rooftop, you know? It's crazy. Yeah, we were talking um, yesterday, yeah, yesterday about how 
it would be amazing where our environment would be now if hemp never would have been taken out of the picture in the first place. Um, you've got all these big corporate people um, as far as paper, wood, plastic, uh, gas, oil, um, all these concrete, man, they're just, um, they were all um, attacking hemp because they knew that they um, were, had a chance to be the powerhouse as long as they could get rid of that. And it's so crazy because, I mean, they all could have just stepped on board with the hemp thing. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. And, and our... We kind of have seen some of these other companies like Monsanto that create pesticides and chemicals. Exactly. For a lot of different reasons. But they, the cotton industry had to use so much water and so many different pesticides and cleaning agents and bleaches and things like that. And so it created a lot of other industries that in, in terms of capitalism, yes, that's a good thing. You want to create jobs and create um, industries around something that's very profitable, but, but when we didn't look long-term, what is that going to do using paper products instead of hemp products, making plastic out of petroleum right. instead of hemp um, biofuels, and, and, or all of these things, and so I don't think that we had explored it enough, we were just coming out of the, the kick of the industrial era, and um, and the greed from First Media and Dow Chemicals and all of these different companies, you know, of course, I'm not, I'm not say anything bad about them now because we have different people in place. Right. But that's really what it was about. It was the hemp and just wash all of these other industries that were coming up and the best way to do it was to prohibit it. And then on the other side of it, you know, marijuana was really more of a racially driven yep. prohibition versus it being you know, you're going to die because I, mean, all, I think we've all seen Reaper Madness oh, yeah. laugh our butts off because it's number one, the most ridiculous movie I've ever seen. Number two, it's horribly done. And number three, I don't know anyone, and I've been around a lot of people that have used cannabis, not one person has ever been angry or wanted to take advantage of a woman or, I mean, sometimes you feel a little bit too loopy, but right. it, it was just so poorly um, portraying what, what marijuana really is. And, and alcohol is a thousand million times worse than anything that we could possibly think of in terms of, you know, even psilocybin and, and um, LSD and, and cannabis are, are just so low on the addiction and fatality right. level. And then you've got opiates over here that are basically heroin. Uh, yeah. High, high substance abuse issues. They're extremely late and lethal and even small doses. And discharge your body. It's like it's such a huge difference yet this one is completely you know misunderstood right. and thought of as, as evil. And people don't realize that um, all the, these these, the heroin epidemic and all that came from big pharma. They pushed all these pills on people, these these pain pills, and then took them all away because they decided, oh, they're addicting now. And all these people went to go look for a cheaper way to find them that was easier. And that the alternate heroin, is yeah. heroin. And it's just crazy. Um, they they try to keep it so hush hush and. And we we love to blame the addict, but I mean, come on, they th- this person trusted their doctors, went in, you know, they had a, a legit issue with pain, they were prescribed pills, they got addicted. You know, that could happen to anybody, anyone in your family. Um, I think the I think the medical community though is really taking a, a big awareness um, to to the issue because I, so many people 
they're being referred to me um, to, to get off of their right. treatment. I have pain management doctors that are working with me. Um, and so I think that it, it is slowly changing, and it, it's been more rapid than the last year, especially here in Texas. Right. Uh, because we did legalize um, the lower levels of THC, uh, 0.3% and below, in Texas, and that happened in June. So it really hasn't been that long of a time for us to have full-spectrum CBD and then the um, TCUP, the Compassionate Use Program in Texas, is only 0.5% CBD, right. so it's not that much higher. Um, but it is giving people that have you know, epilepsy, Parkinson's, dementia, yes. Alzheimer's, terminal cancer. I'd like to see that expanded to all cancers. I'd like it to, yeah. to see it expanded to people that have chronic pain disorders. Right. Um, like PCOS. PTSD like was another one they took out. Yeah. Yeah. And so that they can get access to stuff that is not expensive because I've seen the pricing on these programs and it's just outrageous when you can just buy a bottle of CBD oil, this 0.2% difference in right. levels and get the same results almost. So um, hopefully we'll see those changes happen in the near future. But as long as it's not happening, I'm just going to keep pushing, you know, a high quality CBD brand, right. um, something that's organic. Uh, and I can teach my clients how to use it and why to use it, um, how important it is to find your, your optimal dose. I think that a lot of issues with CBD oil is that people think more is more. Right. Um, you're used to taking two aspirin. If you take four aspirin, your pain level is lower, right? But with cannabis, it's biphasic. So kind of like a cocktail. You can have one cocktail and feel great. You have five cocktails and you're crying. Right. And you're angry, right? So cannabis is the same way. You take too little and may not be effective. You take too much, and then it can actually exacerbate all of the issues that you have. So finding those optimal doses is so important. And right. I, I try to tell people. Microdose, take small, tiny little amounts like droplets under your tongue, figure out what works best for your body because more people are sensitive. Right. And, and if you take too much, you're, you might have CBD oil working for you for a week, right. cannabis for a week, and then you max out yourself and then you have to do a reset. Right. And people don't realize that you can actually oversaturate or overstimulate your endocannabinoid system. And, uh, and so a lot of people come to me and they've already used CBD. It wasn't working for them properly, and then I just guide them on how to use it properly. Right, right. Yeah, it's always better to start out, start out at a lower dose, um, especially for people who hasn't, haven't smoked. Um, it, start out low and find out what's best for, for you. Yeah. Um, if and somebody... Build a tolerance too. Right. Even if, even if you've never tried, um, like, marijuana, and I have customers... I have a huge following in Boston, and they always contact me. And they're like, how much should I take? And so I, I start them out on a very, very low amount of THC because as their body gets used to it, they won't feel that out-of-body experience. Right. Really heady, cerebral feeling. They're going to get more comfortable with it, and then they're going to really feel like they can do everyday things, drive cars, go, go to work, work out, do See, that's me. Um, people are like, well, how do you smoke, you know, so much and still function? It's like, because my tolerance right now, it, it's not like I'm stoned all the time. Like, people yeah. wouldn't even know that I smoke. My my family didn't even know for the longest time. They were like, what? You smoked and you come over? And they didn't even realize that anything was going on. I mean, it's because it just made me mellow. Um to where my anxiety wasn't going crazy, you know, and uh, my panic attacks went from, oh, man, like 30 a month 
to like maybe two a month. And and then uh, I don't know if people realize, but after you have a panic attack, it takes you about two or three days before your body mellows back out. Uh, my my son would come and touch me and say, Mom, and I'd jump, you know, yeah. just because of my nerves were so. But cannabis helps me um, get back in that mellow a couple days, you know, a day sooner than what it would be. So, um, and, I, and I love telling people that, you know, because some people are afraid of the smoking aspect of it. And so I, I, I teach people about cooking yes. with cannabis or using tinctures or edibles or even finding a vaporizer. Um, you know, people don't maybe want to start a, a hemp flower right. cigarette or whatever, but you can get, you know, those vaporizers to just heat it and you're just inhaling the vapor. Um, nothing, it's, it's basically just smokeless. Right. And, and that's been a lot better for a lot of our older users. Oh, yeah. And they're in shock. 
they're like, well, you know, I talked to my cousin or I talked to a friend and they're using cannabis now. And I have tons of people that go on trips to Colorado and New Mexico and, and all these places just to use cannabis. And, and it's really becoming a lot more, um, I would say, maybe posh in the elite community. Um, but I think that it's dripping down and it's, and it's starting to um, envelop into the, the political aspect of it as well. I think that they're becoming more aware that this is not just a stoner plant. Right. This isn't everyone. Everyone needs this. And that it is a true viable crop for, um, for our economy. I mean, Texas is a capitalist state. And if they can see the opportunities, then we need to be able to show them where the money can be made, um, what kind of taxes and revenue can come from this plant, and what type of regulations need to go in it. Because if anybody can do it, Texas can do it. Right. We've got, like I said before, all of the abilities to make this um, well-regulated, well-taxed, and and get revenue from it so that we can maybe build our bridges and roadways better or bring it back to the schools. Yes. Kids, the education that they so deserve. Um, I think that they're maybe not seeing that initially, and that's what I hope that we can do is have private conversations, have sit downs in a boardroom. Um, those types of conversations is what's going to probably work best, and finding those connections to really make that happen versus just screaming on the street. Right. I, I think that there's a time and a place for that, but I think that it is more appropriate to do it in a business setting. And that's what I hope to be invited for. I've sent letters to all of our legislature, um, all of our political advocates and awesome. uh, advocates in the area um, to say I'd like to come and speak to you guys about cannabis. I think that um, hearing it from someone like me might be a different approach than from right, right, yeah, definitely. There's there's people, and that's that that's what people um, need to understand is that people might be able to hear your the way you say it better. But then uh, Jane over here may reach these set of people, and it's going to take all of us talking to the people that we reach um, to get this done and um, joining together and getting it done. And, uh, man, I'm so excited about this Walk for Change just because of that reason. Um, it's joining all cannabis, and not just cannabis, but all human rights activists together um, to try and make a change and a difference, and it's just going to be amazing. I can't wait. But I by right clearly by our creator, um, and they used to call it the God Plant, and and we've had what ten thousand years of um, of use. As right. See that it was probably one of the first things that we utilized as a civilization when we became civilized as humans. Right. And then it goes back five thousand years. It's documented medicine. So it's it's more frustrating to me when people don't realize how much history we have with cannabis and that we were really using it until about the 1950s. Even though the tax act went in, uh, and what is it, 1937, we, we were still using cannabis right. across the country as a medicine for a very long time. We're using hemp for almost everything as, as a, especially in America, it was, it was required right. to have hemp grown on your, on your farm. Yes be a farmer in America and and because it cleaned the ground and it it, it yeah. made it a uh, it made it better for the next thing you plant the next crop yes yeah. yeah. so, and so it's, it's one of those things that there's so much rich history and and so much even spiritual history uh, even the Christian belief um, there there's mention of cannabis and throughout the Bible yeah and, and I think in the oil that. in the oil that Jesus yeah. um, uh, Anointed people yeah, with, anointed yeah. Uh, yep. is the um, is the translated term for cannabis pop or plant. 
flowering tops of cannabis. And, and we don't know if it was marijuana or hemp. Right. Um, the strains have definitely changed over the years. And, and that's because of the prohibition, because we prohibited um, the, us being able to have cannabis openly, people were growing higher and higher amounts of THC right. when really the strains were no more than 20%. Right. Right. Around 10, 15% THC max in your in your hottest climate because THC tends to, to go higher. In, right. And that's what I'm worried about in Texas. They're like, we have to keep it under 0.3% THC. But if we have a heat wave, like, what are they going to do if the THC is higher? That, I don't know. that was one of the things that I heard. At, I went to the hemp, uh, the, 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 open hearing the meeting they had about the agriculture and hemp and that was one of the things that they were saying was that Texas is just so high and and it would be so hard to keep it under that but then not only that but if it is caught to be higher they'd burn it like why would you burn it give it to a state that it's legal for medicine like why would you burn it well, and, and that's the thing is people are asking about planting and farming hemp, and, and I'm like, we haven't even figured out what strains work here. Right. We're still doing soil testing. Um, Prairie View A&M is doing a huge research study, even checking the, um, like, cellular structure of these seed strains to figure out what's going to work best here because we do have a very diverse climate all over Texas. We have temperate and tropical and um, desert and rocky soil, and, you know, it's, so it's going to be different everywhere. But I really want to see that 0.3% go to 1%, honestly. I think that if we can allow hemp to grow in its natural state and not be worried about the THC, right. we're, not, we're not talking about levels that are going to make people high. Exactly. Um, now, if someone is very, very, very sensitive, yes, there's always a chance that that tiny amount of THC can make them feel off. But at the same time, we have isolated CBD that right. we can use. So, it's, you know, if people know that they're, um, like, allergic or, or sensitive to THC, then they can just choose not to use a product with THC. Right. So there's so many options. I think that it's, it's about education. It's about doing things like this, um, getting out in the community, and creating a family environment, making sure that cannabis is, is not just for adults but for all people. Right. Um, all animals, everyone that has a spine has an endocannabinoid system, and, and we need to be teaching people about that um, because as soon as people figure it out, they're like, it's like an aha moment. Right. And they have, they you know, they go down into the deep end of feet because I, every single day I see someone come over to my side of the aisle, you know what I mean? Oh, that's, um, that's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, if somebody was watching this show and they were like, hey, I'd like to contact you and find out, how to start this uh, cannabis process as far as medicating and stuff. How would they get a hold of you? So they can call, um, our phone number is 833-YOU-GOT-CBD, so U-G-O-T-CBD, 833-YOU-GOT-CBD. Or they can visit our website. We have a chat spot um, that will answer their questions. Um, or if our team isn't available, we answer the questions all day. And that is Indie Hemp Co., I-N-D-I-E, H-E-M-P-C-O.com. And that is our educational consultancy firm, Indie Hemp Company. And then if they would like to purchase products, um, we do have a, a partnership with a company out of North Carolina that is USDA certified called Green Compass. I'm one of their leaders for their company. I educate their advocates all over the country. And I really love that the, the setup of um, being able to reach out to more people and create more advocates selling CBD because that is really the, that's been the gateway to get people to be more open about right. cannabis as a whole. Um, and so they can, they can shop online.
online with us um, or they can schedule an appointment and uh, we'd be happy to guide them through their journey. Awesome, awesome. Well, definitely look her up um, as well. I know we were talking about some events, um, um, things, upcoming events and stuff that y'all are fixing to do. Can you tell our audience a little bit about that? We, we did um, the uh, Texas Hemp Convention in uh, Dallas. I am um, part of the uh, uh, a partnership with the Texas Hemp Harvesters Association, so they can go to txhha.org, txhha.org, and learn about what is changing in Texas in terms of hemp laws and farming and agriculture and all of the things that are happening. All of the events will be posted there. Um, we will be having a consortium um, spring, early summer, and uh, that will be a lot for the business people of Texas, learning about how to get started, and then as well as fundraising for revenue, uh, because to be able to regulate this plant in Texas and to get us moving faster forward, we have to have money. Right. And to be able to create these programs, and so Texas Hemp Harvesters Association is helping raise funds to create the regulatory programs um, so that we can make sure that the farmers are protected and that they're following the protocol and that they're getting quality seeds, that everything is being geofenced so we know where all of it is, um, and, and, and making sure that this really skyrockets quickly because that entry point will help marijuana make its face known. Um, and, I, and I'd like to see our um, medical marijuana change in Texas, as well as, you know, maybe eventually having recreational. I don't know if Texas is ready for that yet, but we are very much ready for medical marijuana. And I think that with the right regulatory body and making the right laws around it, um, not being too necessarily strict, but making sure that our people are getting quality products. Because right. there's so much crap on the market right now, even in... Even in dispensaries, yes. I've seen really crappy products, and, and I do not want to see that happen to Texas. I don't want to see any imported hemp or cannabis products. We should be able to get all of our stuff from America. Um, we've had enough states grow for 20-plus years that we can take their expertise and bring it to Texas and make it very viable and safe. Um, right. And I also feel that the prohibition makes us more unsafe. Um, when you don't allow the sale of hemp flour, um, it creates uh, black market opportunities. Yep. And black market is very dangerous. We're already seeing that with CBD products popping up everywhere. There's stores everywhere, and I go and visit them just kind of to see what's going on. And they don't know where the hemp is coming from. They don't know where the bottles are coming from. They don't know where it's manufactured. Right. And then we've had bottles tested that have had astronomical levels of pesticides, oh, wow. heavy metal, metals, and chemical solvents. And that makes me think there's probably 80% of the products out there that shouldn't be on the shelf. Right. Right. And so I want to see that change, and I'm hoping that Texas regulation can, can help protect us and give us high-quality products that we can use for our bodies and then also, you know, in, increase the industrial side of hemp uh, for jobs. I mean, it's, it's going to be an incredible opportunity for Texas. Definitely, definitely. Well, thank you so much for coming on, and you, you are welcome on the show anytime you want. Anytime y'all got something going on and you want to tell the community about it, just Look me up, and we'll get you on so you can talk about it. I would love that. I would love to tell everybody about what's happening. And we've got a lot of plans coming up, and uh, we're just kind of getting started because, I mean, it, this is the year for cannabis effects. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm so excited. I feel You can feel it in the air. Like, everything, people are starting to listen and pay attention, and it, you can feel it coming. Yes. Well, thank thank you. you so much, and you have a wonderful night. Bye. Bye.
Heck yeah, y'all. Marley's Ledbetter. Um, y'all go look her up. She's an awesome activist and educator. Find out what she's doing more. All that um, she lets you know about how you can contact her and everything um, during the show. We'll try to go ahead and get um, maybe some links and stuff put down there for y'all. Um, thank y'all very much um, for joining us tonight. Um, we will be back at like every Monday at 8 o'clock um, broadcasted live on Cannabis Open Carry Walk. I did want to go ahead and um, talk a little bit more about the event on the 7th um, and list some of the people who are going to be performing. Um, Loaf Buzz, um, Free Weed, Nathaniel, he's going to be performing. Uh, Dorothy Brooks is going to be speaking. Mandy um, will be speaking. Loretta and Richard will be speaking. Ja'Cory will be speaking. Y'all, it's going to be an amazing event. I know there's a couple other artists, too, um, I am missing. Um, but y'all go check out the event link on that, and y'all, it's just going to be an amazing uh, weekend. Um, y'all come join us on the 7th. Also, wanted to let y'all know we got hats for our booth. So y'all come out and... Um, we will have these out there this weekend. We'll get you a hat. We'll also have our shirts and our bracelets and all that good stuff. So cool deal, y'all. I'm going to go ahead and let y'all go. Y'all have a wonderful day. Peace. Cool, cool. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.